How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? And therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Now look very closely at verse number 11. The Bible says, likewise reckon. Well, all of us Southern folk can relate to that word. Likewise reckon. That word reckon means compute, means count. Likewise, count ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. But I want you to read this last part of the verse with me. Ready? But alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Man, that's so good. We need to say that again. Let's say that last part again. Ready? But alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. You may be seated. I want to talk to you how you can know you're alive, how you can know you're alive. If you made a decision this week, wonderful. But 15 years down the road, I don't want you to point back to a prayer. And I don't want you to point back to a card that somebody filled out on you. 20 years down the road, I don't want you to point back to just the fact that you walked an aisle. Or you may be here tonight and you say, well, pastor, when I was a child, I was christened. Or when I was, you know, younger in life, I got baptized. That's just what you did at our church. I don't want you to point back to something like that. In my opinion, that's a, that, that's a, a pretty empty profession. There's a lot of folks who pray a prayer. It's not a magic prayer that saves you. It's not walking an aisle necessarily that saves you. A lot of people walk an aisle. I want you to be able to point back to more than that. You need more evidence than that. And so tonight, I'm going to tell you how you can know that you are alive. Father, we thank you for your blessings. And Heavenly Father, as we take just a few moments and we share the word with this congregation, I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would let your Holy Spirit fan the flame. Lord, you've done the supernatural this week. What's been done this week cannot be explained It wasn't planned. We didn't promote it. Father, you just did it. Lord, it could be tonight, on this March the 18th, 2022, that you're not quite done. And Lord, it could be that there's one here in this crowd or maybe someone watching by way of the live stream. And Lord, if it really came down to it, they do not know that they know that they're saved and on their way to heaven. I pray that's about to change. Lord, those who are saved, I pray tonight that you would confirm what they already have. 
And Lord, I pray that their Christian life, as they leave this place tonight, I pray that they would be that much stronger in their Christian life, that much more dedicated. So Spirit of God, breathe on us now. Fill us with thy spirit. Lord, the best we know how, we plead the blood of Jesus over this service. And Father, I pray that you'd bind the powers of darkness and keep them away from this people and this preacher and this place. And meet with us, please, now. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, we pray and for his sake and all God's people said, amen. But I want to challenge you. We just read the first 11 verses. I want to challenge you to go back and read all of Romans chapter 6. Wonderful chapter. You'll not read a better chapter than Romans chapter 6. And it seems to me the theme in Romans chapter 6 is the theme of life. L-I-F-E, life. In fact, if you go back and read the whole chapter, you'll read words like live, like life, like liveth, like alive. And those words are mentioned over and over again throughout Romans chapter number six. A major part of the theme of Romans six teaches us that Jesus was dead, but was resurrected to life again. And we know tonight that the resurrection the resurrection of Jesus Christ really is a cornerstone of the Christian faith. That Jesus is not in the grave, that he's alive. Now you say, preacher, how do we know though? How do, how do we know? You may be here tonight, maybe you've never really been in church a lot in your life, and you say, but, but Pastor Pope, how do we know? How do we know that, uh, I mean, I know you believe that, but how do we know that Jesus really came back to life? Well, I want you to take your Bibles and turn over just a few pages to the right, and I want you to look over the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter number 15 tonight, and I want to give you several reasons and several ways that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt, uh, shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ came back to life. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 I'm thankful that we don't have to think or hope or suppose, but we know that Jesus is alive. How do we know, Pastor? How do we know? Well, how about this? Number one, we know because of written confirmation. Now look at 1 Corinthians 15 and look at verse number three. The Bible says, for I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins. Notice the next phrase, according to the scriptures. Verse four, and that he was buried here it is, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. What's the Bible saying? That we have written confirmation that Jesus came out of the grave. We know he's alive. We know that he did not stay in the grave. We have written confirmation uh, that the Lord Jesus Christ is alive. Now, written confirmation is important. I have written confirmation tonight that I'm married to this little redhead down here on the front row. Uh, we have written confirmation. I can take you, show you the marriage license. And it is stamped and sealed and signed. And it is a written confirmation that my, that my wife and I are married. We are wed. I have written confirmation that I can drive a vehicle in the state of North Carolina. Uh, I have a driver's license. And all that's registered down there with the North Carolina Department of Transportation. Written confirmation. Listen, we have written confirmation that the Lord Jesus Christ came out of the grave on the third day. Not only that, but we have visible confirmation. You're in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Look at verse number five. The Bible tells us that witnesses saw his resurrection. 
In verse number five, the Bible says, and that he, talking about Jesus, was seen of Cephas, then of the 12. After that, he was seen of above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all, Paul said, he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. And so after his crucifixion and his death, the Bible tells us here that he was visibly seen by many, many people. And so we have written confirmation. We have visible confirmation. I'll tell you something else. We have verbal confirmation. Uh, People spoke of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not gonna have you go there, but I'll just read it for you. Matthew chapter 28, verse number seven, the Bible says, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he go up before you into Galilee. There shall you see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with great, uh, with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples word. Acts chapter four, verse number 33 says, and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. I'm just saying this, that you don't have to take my word for it. Listen, we know that he is alive. We know that he came out of the grave. Uh, it has been written for us. It has been verbalized for us, but I'll tell you something else. We also have spiritual confirmation, spiritual confirmation. Now you say, pastor, what does that mean? Well, Romans chapter eight, verse 16, the Bible says the spirit, the spirit, the Holy Spirit beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Romans chapter one, verse four says, and declare to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Now, Hang with me, church, because this is what I'm saying. We don't have to think. We don't have to hope. It doesn't have to be maybe so. We know beyond any shadow of any doubt that Jesus Christ is alive. He was dead. He died for you. He paid the penalty for your sin. They put him in the grave. But three days later, the stone was rolled away, and Jesus came out, and he is alive today. He is a resurrected, living Savior we know that. You say, okay, Pastor, why, why, why are you telling me that? And there's a very important reason. I just told you what I told you. In the same way, you can know your life. We know he's alive. We know he came out of the grave. But just as much as we know that he's alive, did you know that you can know that you have passed from being spiritually dead to being alive in Jesus Christ through salvation. You can know. Now let me tell you why I'm, why, why I'm telling you this tonight. I am, I am very afraid, especially after this week, I'm very afraid that our churches are full of false professions. And that people are, are just depending on some kind of an empty profession. Mama told me I was saved. Grandpa told me I was saved. I, I, I came up one time and, I, and I, I prayed a prayer or I walked an aisle or I got baptized somewhere or somebody sprinkled some water on my head and, uh, and all these years I've been depending on that. And, uh, and, and, and the truth of the matter is if I were to come to you tonight and say, do you know that 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 you're born again and on your way to heaven, The truth of the matter is, you're not really sure. But I'll go a step further than that. We're not really sure. Because for many who claim to be Christians, there's not one shred of evidence. 
say, Brother Pope, you're trying to add something to salvation? Not a bit. Not a bit. We're not, we're not legalists at Calvary Baptist Church. We're not adding anything to salvation. Listen, my friend, salvation is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, plus nothing, minus nothing. There's nothing you can add to it. If you add something to it, it's not salvation. It is only through Jesus Christ. But I am telling you this, that our Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And if you are really, if you are really, really born again, I'm telling you tonight, according to the authority of the word of God, there is going to be some evidence in your life. Now somebody says, Pastor, how do you know? How can you know that you're, that, that you're alive? You've never heard a simpler message than this. If you want to go somewhere and get something deep, you'll have to go somewhere else, all right? Because you don't get deep at Calvary. But you get simple and you get understandable. And so let me give you something that's very simple and very understandable tonight. Preacher, how do you know? How do you know that you're alive? Well, number one, I know I'm alive because I feel hungry. To be quite honest, I feel pretty hungry right now. Especially after Brother Steve told me what he had for supper. I, I, I really feel hungry. And, and uh, wait a minute now, I feel hungry. When I don't eat, physically, when I don't eat, I get hungry. And a lot of you can relate to that tonight. Some of you got here just in time for the service. You didn't stop to eat supper. I mean, you came straight here and tonight uh, your stomach is rumbling a little bit. Why? Because you are hungry. Uh, listen, if you don't have a physical appetite, at the very least, there's some major problems. If you're here tonight, physically speaking, if you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, I am never hungry. I am never hungry. There's a problem. If you can go days and days and days and days and you are never hungry, there's a problem. But I want to tell you something else. If you can go days and days and days and days, spiritually speaking, and you never get hungry, there's a problem. There's a problem. Did you know the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 6, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness? Luke chapter 6, verse 21 says, Blessed are ye that hunger now, for ye shall be filled. I thought about what Job said in Job 23, 12. Job said, Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. He said, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. He said, Man, when I couldn't eat, I want to eat this book right here. I mean, when I don't have time for breakfast, I want to make sure I spend time in this book. I thought about 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 2, where the Bible says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. Listen to me. Can I ask you a question? Are you hungry for spiritual things? Are you hungry for God? Are you hungry for the Bible? Are you hungry for prayer? Are you hungry for church? Are you hungry for fellowship? You say, pastor, not in the least bit. Then there is a problem. There is a problem. Pastor, you need to preach the Bible. I'm preaching the Bible tonight. Oh, listen to me. When, you're a, when you are a converted child of God, when the Spirit of God has moved inside of you and caused a transformation to take place, I'm telling you, I can't explain it all. I cannot explain it all. But a metamorphosis takes place, and all of a sudden, the things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. And the words I used to say, I don't say them anymore. And the places I used to go, I don't go there anymore. And the people I used to hang around, I don't hang around anymore. And that book right there that I didn't care anything about, all of a 
a sudden I start caring about it and I want to get in it and I want to pray and I want to come to church and I want to come be with the family of God. Why? I'll tell you why. There's been a great change. The psalmist said in Psalm 42 too, my soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. The psalmist said in Psalm 143 in verse number six, I stretch forth my hands unto thee. My soul thirsteth after thee as a thirsty land. You say, Pastor, what in the world's going on at Calvary this week? I don't know. Other than this, I think there's a few folk that got thirsty. And I think there's a few folk that got hungry. You say, why do you say that, preacher? Because Isaiah said in Isaiah 44, 3, for I will pour water upon him that's thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. And by the way, America, we better get thirsty. We better get hungry for the things of God, I'm telling you. We are so weak and endemic anymore in America. Our churches are dead. You know I'm telling you the truth tonight. Our churches are dead as a doornail. Churches are closing their doors every single day. And people don't have any, uh, any, uh, any passion to go to the house of God. Oh, listen to me. We need to call out to an almighty God and say, Oh, God, make me thirsty. Oh, God, make me hungry. Oh, God, do something in my life. If you've been saved... You're going to be hungry. I'll tell you something else so quickly. I told you I was going to be short. I know I'm alive because I feel guilty. I'm talking about alive. I know I'm alive right now. You say, preacher, are you alive? I'm alive. I don't have to pinch myself. I'm alive. I know I'm alive. You know how I know? I get hungry. You know how I know? I feel guilty. When I do things I shouldn't do. When I say things I shouldn't say. Now, now, now hang in with, with me, church. Let me tell you the difference. Let me tell you the difference. If we have a funeral here at Calvary Baptist Church and we, they, they bring that casket up here and put that casket right there, I'm, tell, I'm telling you something. That dead man doesn't feel a thing. He doesn't feel one ounce of guilt. He doesn't feel guilt for what he says, what he does. You know why? He's dead. You know why I feel guilt tonight when I do wrong? Because I'm alive. I'm alive. There are times when, when I feel very guilty for my actions. And the reason for that is because I have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of me. Now, I said that to say this. If you're here tonight, you say, Pastor, how can I know? I mean, I... I want to know that I'm saved. I don't want to depend on a card. I don't want to depend on a prayer necessarily. It's good to pray. Don't get me wrong. But I'm just saying this. If you're here tonight, you're really, really born again. Let me tell you what's going to happen. You, as a child of God, are going to experience the conviction of the Holy Spirit. God is going to convict you. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6 says it like this. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. It chasteneth. What, what's that mean, preacher? It means spank. For whom the Lord loveth, he spanks. And, and uh, well, let me, let, me, let me back up. Let me say it like this, because the verse says it like this. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. So you could say it like this. For whom the Lord loveth, he paddles. And then it says, and he whips. 
every son whom he receiveth. In other words, he'll paddle you first. But if you don't get back in line, I don't know how many of you folks know what an old-fashioned whooping is. <laughs> Daddy didn't paddle us. Daddy whooped us. There's a difference in a paddle and a whooping, old-fashioned whooping. Amen. That's right. The Bible says if you endure chastening, listen to this now. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? Right. Hebrews 12, 8 says it like this. But, but, if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. In other words, if you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, the Lord never bothers me. I'm not guilty about anything I do. The Lord never speaks to my heart about it. I, I'm not bothered about my sin. I'm telling you, church, this is not coming from me. It's coming from God. And God says, if you can live every single day and what you do never, you can smoke pot all day long and it doesn't bother you. And you can go to the ABC store and it don't bother you. And you can go out to your, your pill parties and, and you can go out with your drug and doping friends and it doesn't bother you. And you can hang out with the immoral crowd and you can be unfaithful to your wife and you can be unfaithful to your husband and you can, you can not darken the door of a church for six months at a time and it doesn't bother you. I want to say this as lovingly as I can. My dear friend, I love you, but you need to get born again tonight. Because there's no evidence there. Listen, Stephanie and Raphael came to the service tonight. They have the cutest little kid. His name is RJ. He's just cute as a button. Let me tell you something that Stephanie and Raphael never have to worry about. They never have to worry about me disciplining RJ. You know why? He's not mine. I wouldn't even think about it. You know why I wouldn't discipline RJ? He's not my child. You know why some people who claim to be Christians never get a spanking, never get a paddling, never get chastening, never get chastisement. Their sin doesn't bother them. Can I tell you why? They're not a child. They're not in the family. I know that I'm alive because I'm I feel hungry. I know I'm alive because I, I feel guilty. Oh, man, I couldn't wait to get to this point. I know I'm alive because I feel happy. Happy, happy, happy. I feel happy. Now, now I'm telling you, there's, there's something different there because dead people are never happy. Dead people are not happy people. But I know I'm alive tonight. And the reason I know I'm alive is because there are some things that make me happy. I know I'm alive in Jesus Christ because, man, sometimes there are some things that happen in life that just, and it happened today, by the way, where I just got filled up. I know I'm alive because I am happy. Thank God I'm happy. By the way, there's a lot of happy people in this church this week. I mean, this is the truth if I'm telling it. We're having to run them out of here at 11 o'clock at night. That's the truth. And I'm being facetious. We never run anybody out of here. But they're here at 11 o'clock. I'll promise you that. 
I mean, if you came back here at 11 o'clock, the lights are still on, and man, there's still people here, and there, and you say, wow, what in the world's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. They are just basking in the glory. That's what they're doing. They're just happy in the Lord. I mean, there's, that's something the world doesn't understand, and sometimes your lost family members look at you, and they say, man, what in the world's that about? That must be a cult. That must be a cult. No, it's not a cult. It's Jesus. That's what it is. And if you ever, if you ever get a dose of Jesus, you'll get happy. Psalm 144, verse 15, the Bible says, happy is that people that is in such a case. Yea, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. Amen. Don't say a word tonight. If you're here tonight and you are constantly, constantly struggling with depression and discouragement and guilt, and low self-esteem. I mean, it's chronic. It's constant. It's every day, every hour. All, always discouraged. Always down. Always depressed. Just cannot, just cannot, just cannot preach. I just, just, just kick it out of the hole. I got some help for you. I got a remedy. You say, preacher, I need to go back to the pharmacy? No, no, no. Need to go back to the doctor? No, not necessarily. You need to get to Dr. Jesus. That's what you need. And just let God save you tonight. And let God fill you with his Holy Spirit. And guess what happens? It's like a fountain. It's like a fountain that starts overflowing in your soul. I hadn't told this story in years. It's been years since I told this story. Church was having revival like we are. And one of the first nights, a guy came. He was, as Brother Penley was talking about, he was the drunk of the town. He came to the service. The Spirit of God just sat down there in that service. And that drunkard had been a drunkard for many years. That drunkard got saved. He got it. I mean, he, man, he ran down the aisle and got born again, gloriously born again. He came back the next couple nights and about two nights later, he was sitting up here on the front row. That's a good place for saved people to sit, amen. And he was sitting up on the front row and he just got on that night. And if you don't know what that means, then hang around for a little while. He just got on. I mean, God moved in. The Spirit of God just got in that place. And man, folks began to testify. And folks began to shout and praise the Lord. And that, that, that former drunk was down here on the front row. Man, he was looking around. And he was watching this person testify and watching this sister testify. Man, they were praising God. And, and you could tell, you could tell something was happening. It started at his feet and it made it way up to his knees. And then it made its way on up. And man, he was just getting fuller and fuller and fuller and fuller and fuller. And, uh, and all of a sudden, he just couldn't stand and he just couldn't stand it anymore. And he jumped up on that front row and he said, three cheers for Jesus, rah, rah, rah. You say, pastor, that's not, that's not correct for church. Maybe not. But it might not hurt us to get back to the place where we get some joy inside of us and say, three cheers for Jesus, rah, rah, rah. Maybe he didn't know all the terminology. Maybe he didn't know all the vernacular. But I'll tell you what he did know. He knew he was happy. <laughs> yes. Praise the Lord. You say, preacher, how do you know your life? 
Because sometimes I get so hungry. I get hungry for this book every day. I get hungry for prayer every day. Man, I don't know about y'all. During COVID, we had some hungry people for the house of God. When we were missing services, new and parking lot services and live stream and all that stuff, thank God for all that stuff, but it don't take the place of the real thing. And I had people calling me, preacher, can we come? I know we're not supposed to. Can we come? You might get COVID. I don't care about COVID. Can we just come and be there? Can we just sit in the auditorium? Oh, I know you're preaching on live stream. I know there's not going to be a whole lot of people. Can we just come? You know, you know why that is? Hungry. Thirsty. Thirsty. I know I'm alive because I feel guilty. I know I'm alive because I, I feel happy. But let me give you this last thing. We're going to go to the house tonight. I know I'm alive because I feel anxiety. Now, hang on. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. Philippians 1.23, listen to what the apostle Paul said. For I am in a strait betwixt two. Paul said, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Church, I'm going to tell you something. There are just some times I'm not satisfied here anymore. Oh, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Man, I'm so thankful for that little redhead right there. I'm so thankful for her. I'm so thankful for our children. I'm so thankful for our church family. It's amazing. We have an amazing church family. But sometimes, I'm just not satisfied down here anymore. You know what the songwriter said? This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. Oh, I can't feel much at home in this old world anymore. Sometimes I find myself just being a little anxious because I want to get to heaven. You see, a child of God who's alive. We're done. Listen to me now. We're done. Listen to me. If you're alive in Christ... You're looking forward to heaven. Grandpa, I came in tonight, and Brother Rodney's grandbabies met him at the door with a hug. Nothing like those grandbabies. Grandpa had his little granddaughter by the hand. They're walking one night, and it's just a clear, clear, clear night. And the stars, it looks like there's 10 million and he says to his granddaughter, he said, honey, right there's the Big Dipper. And right over here's the Hunter. And hey, honey, right over here, that's a Ursa Major, Ursa Minor. He said, man, sweetie, isn't it beautiful? And she got a glow on her face. And she said, Papa, Papa. If the bottom side of heaven's this beautiful, what's the top side going to be like? If you're alive, there's a little anxiety. 
because you're not satisfied down here anymore. Now, this is all I'm saying tonight, church. If you're saved, there ought to be some evidences. If you're here tonight and you lack evidence, then it is evidence that you're not in the faith. I'm done. This is all I'm saying, church. Don't put your trust in some kind of a flimsy little something that you did one time or somebody told you something or a pastor told you you were okay or a priest blessed you and told you you're all right. Don't you put your faith in that. You can close your Bibles. I'm done tonight. Did you know there's something worse? Did you know there's something worse than going to hell? Whoa, preacher, did I hear you right? You did. There is something worse than going to hell. It's going to hell thinking you were going to heaven. That's worse. Would you bow your heads all over the house tonight, Father? Thank you for this time we've had together. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for speaking to hearts. Father, I'm glad I know I'm alive tonight. I'm glad that you've confirmed it. Even as I was preaching, you confirmed it. Thank you for that. Lord, if there's someone here tonight and there's just no evidence there, there's just no evidence. Heavenly Father, I pray right now, please, that you're giving them faith and that you're giving them boldness and courage. And as many, many, many people have done over the last few days, in just a minute, I pray that they will come and know the Lord. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I'm going to ask our personal workers if they would, very quietly, if they'd just make their way down here to the front. We have some folks up here in the front with a Bible, and they're just here for you, all right? They're, They're just here to try to help you. I wonder how many are here tonight, and you'd say, Brother Pope, I'm going to be honest tonight. March the 18th, 2022, I'm going to be honest. There's not a lot of evidence in my life. There's not a lot of evidence that I'm genuinely born again. If that's you tonight, without anybody looking, nobody's looking, would you just slip your hand up right now and you'd say, preacher, would you just remember me? Would you pray for me? Is there one like that here tonight? You just slip your hand up. Pastor, if I died tonight, I'm not sure that I would go to heaven. Would you pray for me? And you slip your hand up right now. Is there one like that? Can I pray with you? Raise it up high because I'll miss you in this crowd. Just raise it up. Wave it at me tonight. I'm looking. Is there one anywhere tonight? Pastor, I am saved. I can take you back to the time and the place. I know that 
I know the Lord convicted me of my need, but I'm going to be honest with you, as a child of God, I am really not where I need to be. I've saw some of these other folks this week rededicate their life to Christ. And as they did that, preacher, I knew I needed to do it too. I knew that I needed to do that. There might be a teenager here tonight and you say, Pastor, I am saved, but I am not where I need to be. I lost my joy. I lost my zeal. I've lost my fire. I've lost my excitement. If that's you tonight, preacher, boy, I need you to pray for me. With heads bowed and eyes closed, would you just slip your hand up right now? Can I pray for you? Can I say a prayer for you tonight? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Who else tonight? Preacher, I really need to dedicate, rededicate my life to Christ. I need to come back to the Lord. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Amen. There may be somebody here tonight, you say, Preacher, you're talking about that happy, being happy. Man, I've lost my happiness. And there was a time when I had it. There was a time when I was so happy in the Lord. I had the joy of the Lord. And preacher, I lost it. You know, the Bible tells us that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. If you're here tonight, oh, listen, get it back. Don't wait. Don't wait. Now I want you to stand with us all over the house tonight. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. And if the Spirit of God is speaking to your heart right now about any need at all, any need at all, I want you to step out right now. I want you to step out and I want you to come. I want you to come. That's right. Folks are coming. Would you come while we wait? Come on. Come on. Now's a good time to come. Don't wait. Don't wait. Preacher, I need to get right with God. Pastor, I need to rededicate my life to Christ. Preacher, I want my joy back. I want my happiness back again. Man, I used to be so content. Man, I used to love living the Christian life. And somewhere along the line, I didn't mean to let it happen, but somewhere along the line, I lost it. Man, I need prayer tonight. I need prayer. Come on, come on. That's right, folks are coming. Come on, come on. We're praying for you tonight. We're praying. Would you come while we wait? Would you come? Would you come? That's right. That's right. Folks, you're coming. If you're here tonight, you say, Brother Pope, I'm not saved. I am not saved. I need you to listen. You make sure that you let somebody know. We want to try to, we want to, try to help you as much as we can tonight. We cannot save you, but we can lead you to the one who can. Would you come while we wait? Amen. While folks are being helped, let's just keep our heads bowed just for a moment. Amen. Folks are in the altars. If you need to come, you come on tonight. Come on. Amen. We're rooting for you. Sing it, Brother Abel. Far away in the depths of my spirit tonight. 
Rose melody sweeter than song and celestial like strings in unceasingly falls or the soul like an infinite Coming down from the Father above, sweep over my spirit forever. I pray. Amen. Folks are continuing to come. How about you? We're not going to listen. We're not going to prolong this invitation out tonight. So. Well, if you're going to come, now's the time. Now's the time. Would you come while we wait? Would you come? Father, I thank you for what you're doing right now. Lord, life-changing decisions are being made. God, thank you so much. Thank you for giving us of your Holy Spirit. And thank you, Heavenly Father, that the Spirit of God has worked mightily the last few days, nights, Lord, I pray that you'd help those by way of live stream tonight. Lord, work in their hearts and their lives. Father, give people courage now to make that decision that they need to make, to seal it. And Lord, you can make a decision at your seat. You can. But there's something about making your way to an old-fashioned altar and sealing that decision. I pray that's what they'll do tonight. Help us, Lord, please, and we thank you. In Jesus' name.